Hello fellow lolsters, welcome to the new season of LOL, Love of Literature. We all know and we all love literature. But, does literature love us back? Let us jump into our next episode, episode 2 of Love of Literature, season 2. And uh, today we have with us one of our, uh, you know, veterans. She has been there with us in the first session, first uh, season also she was the first ever guest that we had on LOL and LOL started with her now we have brought her back for two reasons one because uh, LOL has grown and two because she has grown as an author and she has been very very you know active on social media promoting her book and we, uh, I and uh, Miss Jainty have been have, have had the honor of watching her book you know <clears throat> Such heights because of that, because of the marketing strategy that she's following. Uh, I'm very happy to have uh, Miss Ranjini here. Welcome, Miss Ranjini. Welcome to LOL Season 2. Yeah, thanks, Tanya. And the honor to be back. And yeah, surprise also to be back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And Ranjini Rao uh, is a scientist by training, writer by vocation, originally from Mumbai a former resident of USA and now lives in Singapore. She has recently got her permanent residence also. Um, and uh, um, she's presently working as some, uh, oh yes, she was working on a memoir, right? Now she's out. When she came to LOL for the first season, she was um, working on it. And now it is out and she's a co-founder of Art, uh, Story Artisan Press and her books are available in Amazon. And um, uh, I'm a great fan of hers, <laughs> that I must say, because um, I have so much to learn from her. I don't know whether I'm going to emulate, but at least I, I keep admiring and admiring and maybe I will take some of hers styles and strategies. Uh, welcome Ranjini. Today we are going to talk a lot about your new memoir and uh, uh, honestly that's one of the best memoirs I have ever read. So um, welcome, welcome. We are very happy. Last time we did, we were, uh, <laughs> I remember we were trying to, uh, trying to record your first uh, season and um, uh, we learned after that. So this time we are doing better than last time. And um, so tell us about your, <clears throat> tell us about your uh, new book, the solid book, and what it was to do your own publication, uh, because you self-publish and, uh, uh, and you have outsourced, uh, like even the, you know, cover design, cover design, um, layout, editing, everything. And you worked completely uh, top to bottom apart from writing the chapters and all. And you followed a strategy, a strategy also for writing the chapters. So tell us about the beginning of that book. Okay, so last year, I think when we spoke, I, I was working on the memoir and it was in the first draft stage. I was, uh, I, I still am, I was working full time and this was during the pandemic. So working from home full time. So I had to first make time for writing and I chose to write in the morning uh, for an hour before my birthday started. And I had to be very efficient in that one hour that I kept for myself so that 
I would have some progress which would encourage me to carry on. So I actually did not have a full um, idea for how the book would take shape. I thought there were certain things I wanted to write. So I made sort of an index of topics or chapter titles or tentative titles for chapters. And I had a spreadsheet with that. Every morning I would sit uh, right here where I'm sitting uh, and I would uh, look at the list of titles and say, what do I feel like writing about today? Because as you know, memoir is my personal story and uh, it is about recollecting a particular time of, of your life. And that would be that chapter. And it required memory. It required imagination. It required some research, some details needed to be filled in. Mm. So every day my goal was to write something. Mm. I didn't have a word count in mind, but I certainly had a time limit, which was like 50 minutes of writing. Mm. And some days writing would sm flow smoothly. Some days it would be a while before I, I got moving. And the goal was to write something every day. So to not be harsh on myself. Mm. And that is I wrote well, I would be relieved for the rest of the day because then I had no time to come back to it. Yeah. So the first draft was in, in going on and I had the, the larger part of the journey ahead of me when we first spoke. So today it's really nice to be back here and yeah. say that all that is behind me. So the book <laughs> did take shape. As you say, solid book, it, it decent sized book. And um, so I had to figure out not just the words that go in. I had to figure out the title. I had to figure out the layout and also... Um, how to organize the chapters so it i think after the first draft things took shape so it's um split into various sections and each section has a, a different number of chapters but some things i was very clear that the chapters would be short yeah. i i was more comfortable writing short chapters i also felt it would be easy on the reader to to read fast to go quickly through through or at least give the illusion of going quickly through the book when the chapters move fast. So some things I knew, mm. some things needed rearrangement. So in the second and third draft, some of the chapters moved around, some got split into two chapters, some got mm. combined. Mm. And then in the third draft, a lot of repetition because each one was written as a standalone chapter. There was some repetition, so that needed to be removed. Yes. So that all that was ahead of me. So I went through multiple drafts and um, I also, when I felt happy with the way it was, I sent it to beta readers, yes. a handful of them. Mm -hmm. And after I got the comments back from them, the fourth draft is what I sent to a professional editor. Mm -hmm. And I was very clear about that. I wanted someone who didn't know my story, didn't know me. I wanted them to read like a reader would read That's at the incredible. same time. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, I wanted them to do the job because many readers, including myself, I get caught up in the story and then I don't look at it as something I need to provide feedback on. I have never been part of uh, writing groups where there is critiquing involved, which is, I think is a very common thing that authors do, particularly in the US. But um, you know, because of the, the time that I have to myself, I really didn't, uh, I, I wasn't part of any such thing. So I wanted it to be professionally edited. And because the beta reader comments were there, I knew where the weak point was because two or three people mentioned the same thing. So I made sure the editor knew that this is the part I want her to focus. And um, while all this was happening, the cover was designed and the cover 
um, even the title of the book changed during that process. So I had a different title in mind. In fact, I had uh, the the title with which I began writing is not the title which which the oh. book has right now. So somewhere along the way, the title changed, and this this title just got so. uh rewriting my happy ever after maybe it came during the writing the phrase came to me and then i thought that oh this is a more active um title you know it has a- it is very suitable uh, you mentioned something about research and you also said something about uh to do with some memory so uh, it will be helpful for many aspiring uh, writers out there who want to really write uh, memoirs Uh, what kind of research you needed one example and what kind of uh, recollection memory you needed for a memoir uh, if you could please thank you okay so research um has to do with placing the story in a given time frame right so for example um without mentioning the years during which uh, this 3 to 5 year period of my life that i describe in my book take place without making it so easy that in year so and so this happened i i had to give context to it by uh, referring to things that happened around that time so for example the recession of 2008 which i think ev- everyone who lives in this world who was an adult at that time knows i i say that you know the recession uh, may have been a bad thing globally but for me it was a good thing because you know the interest rates went down and i was able to buy my buy my flat mm. or or there was this um, i there's a chapter in which i write about the frangipani tree in in my front yard which which sheds uh, which shed its leaves and i felt very scared that i had killed it because i don't have a green thumb and um the gardener said that no this happens every year now when that was happening i didn't know enough i trusted the gardener but when i was writing the book i actually did want to go and see wh- what google says about about frangipani trees so i had to go and look it up that yeah what he said did did happen and of course it happened in the in the story as well but you know That's... it's like a deciduous tree that uh, sheds its leaves annually you know those kind of things That's so there cool. were things that yeah i had to go and and place it for, for example uh, i refer to another book eat pray love it, um i know i saw that book but i don't know exactly which year it was yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right so mm-hmm. I, i remember seeing it in the airport bookstore but i don't know if it was two years old by that time oh brand okay, new book okay. that was oh those precisions okay understand yeah. Mm. yeah so oh. that was for the for the research mm-hmm. um for the memory mm-hmm. yeah so for the memory uh, events happen and as you would know from your own life some events leave a mark on you and some events uh, i don't know they get parked in the back of your memory or overwritten by some other memory and uh, it's not just to say that uh, you know this thing happened the memory is not just of the event the memory is about the emotion behind that event so i described the house in which i moved into as as a single parent and it was the first time in my life that i was renting a house and turned out that the house i rented was very big compared to the two people who were going to live in it me and my daughter now memory tells me that there were four bedrooms in that house it oh. was on two levels the you know okay. the kitchen was to the side memory tells me that but for me to convey what moving into that house meant it 
I had to go back to the original emotion I felt when I oh, had to rent okay. that house. How did I feel when I moved in? It was winter at that time. The rooms were cold, but then they would become hot in the summer because they were made of stone. And um, you know what kind of a street it was located on? Who else was there? Uh, how did I feel that first night when I stayed? And I remember feeling very scared. Now that can be one sentence, right? And as as you know, as fiction writers, that you want to show. and not tell so i had to describe that first scary uncomfortable night i spent in that house so what what exactly happened through a series of of things that that happened i build that emotion of loneliness of being scared of of actually thinking oh my goodness did i really make a mistake by by moving out because if i cannot stay alone for one night how am i going to be alone for the rest of my life and um so the the memory is just that one incident but to make it representative in in the story it i had to go beyond the mere surface details yeah to to undergo the emotion all over again to rewrite <laughs> to reemote to rewrite no and how was it how was that dream i mean all, throughout i'm sure you had that how was it to handle was it uh, helping you in some way or um, uh, of course for writing it it would have helped very well but how was it so i think the good thing was i had only one hour every day to work on the book so i knew you know it's like going into a therapist's office in fact the reason i picked 50 minutes was i was reading a book called maybe you should talk to someone uh, which is a very popular book in which the author is is a therapist and she herself is a patient for another therapist so she she talks about sessions being 50 minutes long mm-hmm. and i thought mm-hmm. that was really great because 50 minutes you do the work and 10 minutes to you know warm up and close down kind of a thing so i knew i had uh, 50 minutes so in a way it's like that um, scary roller coaster ride you know you close your eyes and then you scream and then you know it will be over you know it will be over very quickly so i know that 50 minutes it, it might have been a painful experience that i was looking at the emotions but i knew that at 50 minutes i would have to close it so i think having the time limit helped uh, yeah some days were harder than the others uh, the best days however were the ones where while i'm writing one chapter another memory would resurface mm. you know something else mm. because related to it would come and i say hey i didn't put that in my index of topics i want to write about so i would go you know open the tab on the spreadsheet and add one more um topic over there so so those were nice things so there was continuity from day to day even though the chapters moved some chapters took more than one day to write some the first draft came up together yeah very well in one day So uh, tell us about this. Uh, uh, the uh, I saw in your Facebook uh, the latest uh, tab. Uh, ta- what's the tabla? So um, tabla article. Uh, uh, you said something about the <clears throat> women charter, right? Can you share with us how that uh, uh, connection uh, you have made in the story there? So I think um, you know Daniel has made this point about my my marketing being on point. You know, you said that last week, and it's been st- <laughs> stuck with me because I'm totally not a marketing person, as I've said before. I'm a R and D scientist, and the marketing sales people would be at the other end of the spectrum. And I was so happy I was not at that other end. You know, my job was to just work in my little lab and come up with something and and worry about the marketing later. Uh, the 
the place where non-fiction has um, an advantage over fiction, uh, fiction um, marketing is very trend-driven. So, for example, Harry Potter became famous, so everyone started writing young adult magic realism. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, like fantasy, or there is this whole paranormal series that suddenly everyone's fond of. Uh, it's very trend-driven. But non-fiction, uh, because it is representing life, uh, life doesn't go as per trend. Life goes as, as it evolves first. Secondly, there are things that happen in cycles. So, so um, the external events uh, can again trigger something that happened in the past. So, for example, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this Nassim Talib's book called The Black Swan. The Black Swan is a book that talks about these very rare events which um in, in normal day-to-day -day, you don't think about but guess what we are living in a pandemic which is a black swan event uh which is very rare but it's everywhere right now so um similarly in singapore just the the confluence of me being in singapore and singapore having had something called the women's charter which was uh, established in 1961 to give uh, more empowerment for women and girls in Singapore underwent a revision. So all of last year, there was discussion about this charter needs to be updated to keep up with the current times. I knew that was happening. I mean, I, as you know, I have been in Singapore only eight years. So I really am not steeped in, in uh, Singapore. Like I've not learned civics uh, and political history of Singapore. But certainly I was reading the newspaper and it was under discussion. And uh, last month I was away. But when I came back, I saw within 10 days that the Women's Charter was approved. The amendments were approved. And one of the things that got a lot of limelight was the fact that divorce by mutual consent, which was earlier not an option in Singapore, is now an option. Now, what does that mean? Oh, so two people can go and say we want to get divorced. So the family is going to break. Society is going to break. Children are going to um, suffer. All these discussions are going on. And I thought the external situation, which is sort of a cycle in which the women's status come up for revision, is coinciding with my book on divorce because the, the divorce topic got the most attention of any of the other changes in the charter. So I... In fact, I approached Tabla, which is a weekly Indian newspaper in Singapore, and I said that I have this book, it's about divorce, and it's a topic that is not talked about, particularly in Indian and, and South Asian cultures, but it's also relevant to Singapore because of, of what happened. Uh, would you be interested in, in featuring it? And uh, of course, they came, came up and said that, um, okay, well, we'll send you some questions. And I didn't know when they would run it, it just happened to come in yesterday's paper so i think marketing wise that the thing to make the point here is that you need to uh be alert and aware of what is going on in in the world that you live in and see where it intersects with with what you're doing you don't have to contort yourself to fit into what is happening but there are times when it it is um, re in resonance you know there's a synergy between the external events and, and what you're doing so i just kept my eyes open for that. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, one question I wanted to ask you was, <clears throat> see, uh, like you said, you are, a, you are an R&D scientist and you have uh, nothing to do with marketing. But one good thing that this I wanted to mention because I've been seeing this, you've been very consistent with social media. Like, you know, like you have to place your book and create attention towards the book at least once a week. Right. 
you have been very very consistent and that consistency has brought you two things one it has brought you like a <clears throat> constant following like the followers mm. know that you're going to post every week they, they know that there is going to come up so, something about the book is going to come up and number two is that you have created a space where people who follow you and people who have read the book can interact with you through that you know that you have been doing with those uh, you know short uh, uh, episodes like you have with readers and fellow authors and everyone and mm. i had uh, i i am i'm sure ms jayanti also had uh, been part of one of the guests and i was also one of the guests and one thing that happened there was uh, you hadn't made it all about uh, you know completely about the book it, it was as if you would ask us questions and we would also have the chance to ask you questions about the book so it was very mutual but the the discussion stuck with just the book it did not get very you know out of the content of the book at least content and context is what was discussed how did you come up with that how did you come up with doing that the the, 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 the highlight the, the height of it is 8 to 10 minutes everything yes yes how did you come up with that idea of doing those 8 to 10 minutes and how has it been since you started it so that was um, a, a very serendipitous uh, encounter so i'll tell you how i have um, reconciled to to marketing as as a part of life because i don't call it marketing i call it connecting mm-hmm. and uh, the it's very clear from uh, the people i talk to that there are readers there are writers and there are people who listen to audiobooks there are people who consume small bits of content on social media but not large books there are people who are more comfortable speaking uh, or listening than they are to sitting with a print book uh, some prefer ebooks so there's a variety of people out there my goal was to make sure my book gets to its intended reader and i don't know who all are my readers but i do know that whoever are my readers may want to consume this information in various formats and the point was what if someone's not on social media like like i used to not be on social media not mm-hmm. so long ago uh then i have a website for it so my writing is on my website uh what if people um are only uh, on goodreads so i have one reader who is only on goodreads young woman in her 20s not on any social media she and i are great friends now so we exchange emails and she subscribes to my newsletter so i have a website where all the content is available for free to whoever wants to read if you want to hear from me on a regular basis subscribe to my newsletter because it is not about my book it is about what i'm reading what i'm writing i usually have um, a picture of of some travel that i've been or something that's on my mind and sometimes if i've come across some a uh, uh, self help thing that works for me i share those resources so i wanted to be um in various places to make connections and it didn't have to be one size fits all i i clearly was not a social media person one of the new things that i did last year um besides writing the book was to come out of my comfort zone so my comfort zone was mostly um fly on the wall and and read what other people write but never never participate so i went from that consuming to to creating and in that i joined a community uh, it's a paid community uh, very reasonable 
I find that in that community, there are people who are <laughs> definitely much younger than me. So they're more tech savvy, but they are so uh, helpful. So I um, learned many things from that community. So in that, I read that, uh, oh, you could use this thing called Racket, which is a nine minute audio podcast where you can just speak for nine minutes or three minutes or whatever amount of time you choose max is nine minutes but you could also interview people so someone who introduced it to me said i'll call you for an interview for my nine minute just to get you comfortable i thought that was such a generous gesture knowing that i'm not comfortable with learning new technology and it was so easy that when it got closer to my book launch i said hey, this seems like really simple. You don't need to log in. You don't need to give your email. I'm sure guests also will be okay with that. But if you remember, Danya, I did it. I did two series. One was, uh, it was about, it, I called it conversations about community. And it was about community building. In that respect, Genty was invited as someone, um, as part of your team, that you started a podcast, which was over and above your writing work. So I wanted to reach out to people who had gone beyond just writing so then it's not marketing it's like i want to be part of something else which is new to me also and uh, let's see where it goes you know with, with that spirit so i spoke to about 15 people in in that series and because it was only a nine minute ask it wasn't asking them too much and it also gave a very finite amount of time in which to to stay true to through the topic so for community it was about why did you start this what did you expect to achieve from it? How has the experience been? Those are the questions. And then as readers started reading my book, the early readers, that's when I said, hey, why don't I do a um, series with readers? But to be honest, in, in an uh, alternate universe, you wouldn't know your readers, right? Like right yes. now you both have your books out. Yes. Someone somewhere is holding your book or downloading your book and reading it. You don't know this person. How do I know my readers? Because they contacted me. <laughs> So most of the readers uh, with whom I spoke, I didn't know them before. One was a bitter reader who agreed because she was a newsletter subscriber. One, uh, you I knew through uh, LOL, but most others messaged me on Instagram or messaged me on, on Facebook. They wanted to talk to me. And that was really um, mind-blowing to me that my book really evoked not just a response, but um, uh, a reaction that, made them want to connect with me so and again they were all open for nine minutes and uh, i had a blast recording them because there wasn't much work in terms of producing and editing and stuff so it was pretty much record and and hit publish i i just had to create the captions so i did learn many things i learned racket i learned canva to pr produce graphics on canva and um it also got me into the habit of posting regularly so i always feel one should not repeat oneself and so how do you how do you create content consistently which is new and interesting so it doesn't it shouldn't be about me <laughs> so it had to be about others and um, and that that's what i uh, i thought the racket did very well which got everyone involved so yeah i learned a lot of things which was yes. not necessarily book related <laughs> it was actually very cute one so short short ones yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, and about member writing, what <clears throat> the, you know, the one issue or uh, one, uh, you know, common thread that people uh, find in members is that um, 
we either because it's about us and because we want to show that you know uh, people don't write memoirs when they are in trouble they write only when they come out of that trouble and they have moved on and they've become better right so when we do that what we do is subconsciously we try to um, protagonize ourselves and we try to you know make us the hero which uh, um, you know unnecessarily or you know unknowingly it antagonized the other person or who were in your case because it was a marriage and a divorce it could have antagonized another person but this one thing i told you in your interview in, in that uh, racket speech also is that one thing i found very beautiful in your member was that you did not antagonize the other person the focus was not on that person so much that we could even judge that person or we could even form a you know an opinion about that person it was not on that person to for for the reader even to even have any thoughts about that person at all yes, yes. you know the entire thing was about you and it was though the experience was shared though that the, you know your decision your actions were all dependent on the actions of the other person you still made sure that the other person wasn't antagonized you still made sure that the other person wasn't even brought into the picture how were you able to do what how were you able to filter it so clearly that you uh, was it an intention was it something that you had in mind while you were writing and 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 to add to that uh, it's not so easy yeah yes and uh, when i read uh, the the what is that dummy copy that uh, the proof copy. copy proof copy yes uh, that this was what caught me i mean <laughs> how can uh, it be so gracefully written like this uh, <laughs> so please answer the question <laughs> um did i intentionally set out to write that i intentionally set out to tell my story which is what happens after so it was uh, the intention was to not dwell on the marriage uh, to not mm. dwell on what didn't work in the marriage it was definitely not about pointing fingers because like they said right you point one finger the other four point to you so uh, it it is what i would say it's it's a failure let's say of the couple but in india i think um, arranged marriage or any marriage breaking is seen as failure of society so already there is a lot of um, stigma against that because it's a reflection of something that didn't work or or it's like one defective brick in this wall right and and you are that defective brick who's shaking everything up so i'm i'm not i was very clear i didn't want to focus on what went wrong but i wanted to focus on what would wait on the other side of a decision to to uh, walk out of a marriage and that would be common to everyone so whether you had physical abuse whether you had dowry harassment whether whatever your reasons were to move out of the marriage the next part was going to be common with everyone so that is what stops many women from walking out is like i don't like the situation it's not tenable but i don't know what's on the other side the the thing is most people feel that um they either they feel cheated that they didn't have a good life or you know that they feel cheated that they were handed bad cards the truth is we all have to work towards our happiness uh, with the cards we have been dealt and i didn't want to focus on why me why why uh, of course i do write that i felt that way i'm after all human i did share those emotions that i would go through self pity and all that but on the other hand 
I also had some cards which were great cards. I had education, I had exposure, I had a supportive family, and um, I had the courage uh, to say that yes, I don't know what the road ahead is, but I will I will figure it out because I know for sure that it has to be better. So first is you need belief that a better mm-hmm. life is possible. The second part, which most people don't want to do, is you have to work hard towards making that better life possible. And that is one thing I find even today when people call me and say that they want to make a change, but they are reluctant is because they don't want to work hard to make that life possible. It's easier to blame someone else for the situation. You know, like we blame politicians, we blame institutions, stuff like that, right? So uh, you can blame your spouse, your in-laws, your family, whatever. But your happiness is in your hands. It requires effort. And I focus on the effort part. These are the things that happened. They happened in this order or maybe I moved the order around a bit. But I did all those things which built me up, that gave me confidence. I made some tough decisions, maybe some foolish decisions. But I always moved with the with the goal that things will be better so it was totally my journey it was focused on a what next so Mm. those were things i was very clear about it wasn't about what if um and i think that's what comes across uh there are parts which people who are not divorced um write to me about that it resonated many men said that oh we hadn't thought about it this way now we understand it better Many people who are not even married, <laughs> they are not young, not just young people, you know, even middle-aged people who have chosen not to get married, they were like, um, this was interesting to us because there were there were parts that that uh, we we could see or reflected from our story. So it was trying to build that connection with people that even if someone has an unhappy marriage, they are not at the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, they are not weirdos, they are not like uh, to be blamed and I, what what would you want to remember? So it's like, what would I want people to remember about about me? It's like, oh, she made it happen. I don't want them to remember that. Oh, this poor w- woman who is divorced, right? So <laughs> I don't think that ever comes out. But I, I want everyone to feel that way. I want to feel that. Yeah, it's one thing that happened to you. But your what? book is making us feel that way, no doubt about it. And oh, no, it, is, it is such is no so much of yeah. positivity and so much of whatever you said. It is really it's not seeking sympathy. It is not yes. seeking empowering, uh, you know, empowering in yeah, all understanding. Sense. Yes. Yeah. No, it yes. uh one thing I wanted to again ask you was <clears throat> going through those emotions is a different thing but sitting and thinking about them again and trying to um, write about them you know because usually what happens is memories it is distorted with time it is distorted with other experiences like some things when you were thinking for the book maybe you got clarity much better clarity than what you were actually feeling at that time like you know because it must it must have been like 20 years before right these were like almost 15 20 years ago right yeah 15 15 years ago so of course as a as a human also as a woman also you must have changed a lot in these 15 years and which one did you stick to did you stick to the memory as it was at that time or did you stick to the you know the the reformed memory memories uh a funny thing right it, mm. it it is very personal it's very subjective if you ask two people to recollect the same uh, event even a recent event they will remember different things yes. men and women will remember different things 
and uh, depending on where you are on that day or on the day you are recalling you may remember mm. different things mm. you know so i i cannot say uh, which of the two i know that um, most memoir writers uh, suggest that don't try to process things as they are happening mm. let let it happen put it aside come back and revisit that part of your life that you want to write about so i think i really needed that 10 plus years to pass mm-hmm. uh what that does is it takes away the rawness of the emotion mm-hmm. the the raw hurt or the raw uh, shock of of having gone through something that is uh, so important and what that leaves it's like marinating something right like you leave something to marinate or ferment and then it comes out the idlis come out lighter and fluffier when you allow it to ferment so some of it you know time had gives it um, a a softer quality mm-hmm. so i think maybe uh, having 10 years pass or more than 10 years pass since the the when the story mm-hmm. occurred helped in in giving a different tone to the events as they happened yes there were certain things which i could see in retrospect which i had not processed and um the reason it helped me is uh that writing uh as as i mentioned writing is is a way of expressing yourself right and writing for me is a way of making sense of the world so i was writing about everything else but i had never written about my divorce so this was the first time i was tackling what i call the elephant in the room and writing about this major event of my life actually helped me process it so it was cathartic it gave me closure and the the surprising side effect is that it has opened up a channel for conversation and connection with people who are now reading the book and writing to me from from various stages in in their life so the memory would be of the time of writing for sure uh as you can see in the book and and this is typical of memoir so there is a incident and then there is the the introspection that that happens and of course the introspection is of today yeah. so it's it's the more uh, the the older me the more mature me but the interesting thing is this is the same person i am the same person and i have more sympathy now for the younger me who went through all that and i think just having that uh, glance of self compassion to to myself uh was probably a gift to myself because um, like jenty was saying earlier right you know there are many things that people in your life see but you don't necessarily share uh, so i wrote this i uh, my parents are no more but my brothers are and um, i don't think they remember those years of my life the way i remember it right so yeah. so they were they are close to me they have uh, you know walked with me uh, on certain stretches of of that journey but uh, i doubt there uh, if if they were to write it it would sound the same i don't think it would um and and i think people who are close to you i am sure if my parents were around they would want me to put some more blame <laughs> in there <laughs> <laughs> so speakers just to make up with um i am sure i would have to argue with them on on that but this is the story i wanted to tell so what is it to be trading between memoir and uh, self help group what are your thoughts on that ranjini yeah after i wrote the book um there was one person who read it who who is a, a author uh, who writes fiction 
and she said that oh i'm not sure your book is really a memoir because you need to um you know it has to be different so i'm like what do you think it is she said oh maybe it's wearing on self help and i said no i never tell people what they should do i'm just saying what i did and it it's like any story right so even for a fiction writer you write a story you don't know what the readers reading into it they are bringing their imagination their biases their experiences into it uh so on one hand i felt uh, i was taken aback i i was like no i am not writing self help i'm very clear because i'm not giving advice to anyone yeah. uh but the thing is the best books make us better and and jayanti said that in 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 an interview earlier this month where she said that fiction builds empathy reading fiction builds empathy it includes your eq so if it is a good story which is told well it leaves the reader changed is it a self help book i don't think so and it is not that i have read the i have read your book no no not not just my book like fiction right good fiction so if you read good fiction and it makes you feel empathy for a person or it changes your mind about something that you yes. were very strongly biased towards or against and then you say ha ah, but in this story this happened to this person so there is another side to you know to something that i was so sure about so the best stories leave you changed does that mean it's self help no so i think i am not going to call my book self help but if it leaves you changed uh, builds more empathy in you gives you uh, a view of of the world apart um, of the world or a person that you didn't uh, think about much or thought differently about i think that's great that's exactly what is success success <laughs> success success of the book one thing uh you think you could have done better in the book or one thing that you are very happy you did it correctly yeah so what i would have done better i think i miscalculated how much work is there after the writing part is done which is what a traditional publisher would handle for you and because i am quite um i i want things to be at a certain level before i send it out it involved a lot of back and forth with with the individuals involved and i realized that i had uh, i was just winging it a bit and i wh- what i would do differently so the learning would be that i would definitely go with a professional cover designer even though the person who did it was professional but it was first time for her as well so we were learning together and that was not very efficient and i underestimated the time it takes for you know book layout and it it was quite stressful i had a certain timeline in mind and the third thing which uh, which was that i myself felt sick and there was you know my health concern which uh, affected um, what i thought was uh, the you know i had built in enough buffer but sometimes things things happen so i would say i would leave a lot more time for post production after the writing is done next time i i will do it better so that i don't get burnt out which i think i did uh the thing i'm happy is the, the thing that you talked about the social media and um, i started seeing social media as uh, i was posting stuff uh i think i have the most fun writing blogs for my website and writing my newsletter so those give me joy i send a newsletter out twice a month and i i think about it and really enjoy that but the posting on social media initially it felt like a burden it's like what i'm already writing a book i'm already writing all this other stuff now i have to post and i felt restricted by the format so for example twitter it's like 280 characters and instagram is like 
from 2000 characters or something for the caption i felt very constrained by by these but then i realized that um everything doesn't have to be about the book so i could share smaller snippets of of life as it happens and still make it thoughtful enough and um, as the book got closer to launch that means i was not writing the book anymore i was more free to write social media mm-hmm. uh, posts and then i took it upon myself the month before the launch that i would post every day so uh, that was a big deal because then every day is a lot to post and instagram wants nice pictures and you know everything has its quirks but i started enjoying it so i i made a, a decision saying everything is writing and i like to write so whether i'm writing a social media post or a blog post or a newsletter it's all writing and i like to write so i just changed my mindset from marketing to it's all writing and uh, i didn't know the problem with social media is many people just read some like some don't like some leave comments most don't leave comment you really don't know if there's traction mm. you don't know if anyone's getting anything out of it but what i realized was like you said that people are used to seeing something from me so mm. they uh, it's like anticipating a letter in the mail yeah. which used to be the old analogy for those of us who wrote letters it's like oh my mom wrote a letter it's going to come in the mail in 2 weeks right to the us it will take 2 weeks for letters to come and you know that that's coming so that excitement even though the letter is mostly like general stuff but that excitement so i think creating that interest that something she will write something and the most unpredictable thing about social media is you don't know what people will like so sometimes i post something very casually and i get messages not everyone comments and sometimes i give a lot of thought to something and it just like it's flat right so you don't know you you hit it or not so now i've learned to let let go of that because most people who do meet me in person or or contact me they they all say that we like what you write because it's always something that either it, it comes at the right time that i really needed to hear that or i feel the same way even if they don't comment so now i know that it's going somewhere or it's making mm-hmm. some <laughs> some dent maybe or a little you know um little impression somewhere so i think that uh, i didn't expect to like it so much i am enjoying the social media part as well so now it doesn't feel like a burden it it's there and i forgive myself on days i don't post <laughs> world of w is nothing but a set of w questions like what when where so just like a, a recap of the entire session so the audience will get to know the author better that's all and my first question for the world of w today is um, what is your next project writing project <gasps> so i am still in two minds uh, jayanti has been encouraging me to write a travel memoir so that is on my mind to be honest the uh, writing is it is not as difficult i'm struggling with a title <laughs> so i don't know i you know horse first or cart first so uh, knowing that for the last book the title changed midway through the project i think i should just begin to write maybe february is when i write i think travel memoir is first and those of you who have read my this book know that i leave a hook for the next book so mm-hmm, yeah. i'm asking a lot of questions about what what happened after that you know you left us hanging so that i'm thinking maybe will be the, the third, third book, third book. Yeah. Mm. 
Great, great. Uh, I look forward to both the books. Why do you want to stick with uh, memoirs and why why only non-fiction and why not fiction? <laughs> I think I'm better at introspection than at imagination. I am lazy to um, create characters and create worlds uh, that they inhibit. I know fiction. Uh, many people write fiction because they think it. provides a filter between their real life and and the and the fictional world they create and uh, i don't see that need for for what i write uh, but at the same time i know i'm limited in my ability to create fiction so i'm being totally honest i i would still write very close to real life if i write fiction i would not write science fiction or spec fiction or anything like that um because i'm always trying to get to the heart of of the matter uh, you know what is what is what is the point that i'm trying to make so any time i write something i'm like what is it i'm trying to say and i have to ask that question to myself at least 10 times because many times it goes off on a tangent you know like like you might have heard while writing fiction they say that write what happened in the story not what happens in life right um so you have to move the story along so for for non fiction it's more like what is it i'm trying to to say with with all these words and uh, fiction is not my strength i don't want to dilute my efforts by writing fiction not oh, now okay that's okay your fiction i mean your non fiction by itself is going to go places we would just like to know where our uh, audience can uh, find your work so my website is www.ranjinirao.com it uh, has information on on this new book as well as um, you know some of previous compilations of my work i am also planning to launch a podcast this year i have an idea for it but i need to to make it happen and even that will be connected to to the website so it will be easy to find that so my website is one place to go the book is available online uh, in both ebook and print format and hopefully if all goes well maybe an audio book format later this year as well very that's good good. that's good thank you thank you anjani uh, you just like to hear your Opinion on the podcast? How different was it from season one, or how similar was it from season one? <laughs> you know your parting words. With, uh, I we would have like to have your parting words for the aspiring authors and anyone, sure. any human out there who is listening to the podcast. I think um, it's easy to start things. It's difficult to keep them going. and when you started the podcast with me i uh, i was happy to, to get on it even though i had not yet published my book and i was very um, moved that that you picked me but to see that you've kept going and that you've created this uh, community of other authors who you brought on to your podcast and then shared that that work that makes me feel really good because i think uh, the the value of something is in its staying power right so the, the fact that you're moving on to a second season congratulations uh, to you because clearly uh, you are giving a voice to to writers authors uh, who need to get or uh, share their story so that others get inspired maybe they get a tidbit or or some input that that helps them along that's how i learned you know i listen to podcasts i listen to youtube uh, channels of some people and there is some nugget that someone says which works for me not everything works but something works so i think you're doing a, a great job for right uh, for writers i think the the thing to do is again it's a long game a, to go viral or to become popular by by 
one piece of work doesn't make you an author you're you're an author by the body of work that you create so it's for for any game right so if if you want a tennis player or a marathon runner it's not just whether they they won this particular tournament or not it's that they have they appear at every tournament that yeah. they participate so they train they get better so i would say writers should do that first secondly i think you should always benchmark yourself against the best in in your niche or in your genre and say that i would like my work to be of this caliber you will be different you're unique your voice will be different your story will be different but having sort of a goal post as in i i want to write as smoothly or as literally or as poetically whatever your your aspirations are and third i think is uh time is precious so if your reader is reading the book they are giving you their time it it's a very precious commodity and you're fighting for that commodity against so many other distractions right so for someone to be a reader you have to respect the reader that they are reading a book instead of doing laundry or watching netflix or whatever it is so you need to give them a reason to to sit down with your book to keep coming back to to your book in fact to be honest uh, while i am really pleased with with women or or readers who who connect with me saying oh i saw myself it looked like you were telling my story this chapter exactly is a reflection of my life the 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 thing that is a greater compliment for me is when i get messages from people who say i am not a reader but i read your book from start to finish in two mm. days in three days like this my my classmate said that i am not a reader and i hate uh, being in front of a screen any longer than i need to because i work during the day and i downloaded your book on kindle and every five minutes i got i would go back to the book mm. and i thought that's a great compliment and today of some yeah of course some, some guy also messaged saying that i'm a horrible reader but your book made me finish so it's my first completed book of 2022 more power so that there's more readers out there so value your reader um make your reading the the best it can be the easiest it can be for them so that they can because you are trying to tell them something you are trying to evoke a response in them you are trying to uh, build that bridge between you and the reader through your book don't make it a rocky bridge don't make them have to suffer to get to the other end right so 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 right uh, keeping the the readers uh, interest in mind i think those are things that are subtle uh, some are ex- come with experience and some are choices you make um you know i th- there are people who use big vocabulary words that you have to run to the dictionary or open the online dictionary to find out and i i love those also because it it stretches my vocabulary but if i have to do it every other page i am not going to read that book because it breaks my my flow i'm not reading a textbook so i you know if it was a textbook that's a different thing i would have my notes and i would write it down so and and today's day and age you know people do have shorter attention span we have to work with with that so so keep keep your ear to the ground uh do do the best job you can make it make it easy make it flawless to the extent possible and, and improve yourself you will always find something lacking even now i open my book i'm like i should have you know yeah, the sentence would have read better if i had made you know written it this way. like i would have rewritten that that paragraph for example and so at some point you have to stop but you're always improving 
thank you thank you so much sir. thank you thank you for being a part of lolc hello and uh, thank you for uh, you know continuing your support for the yes. podcast thank you my pleasure all the best happy to be part part of your efforts and and good Hi. luck with your books too yes yes good luck to your book thank you we hope this episode brought you a little bit closer to your love of literature